Danila Venturi gives us a masterclass on how technology is actually giving back time to creative minds to focus more on their craft and less on the operations. From sustainability to AI to blockchain, this episode of Tech Powered Luxury discusses fashion and education in all of its facets. Tech Powered Luxury is proud to be sponsored by Seabody, an Irish-based tech-powered beauty and wellness brand. Seabody has developed a unique next-gen approach to seaweed-based skincare and supplements. Luxury powered by technology with innovation at its core is exactly what this podcast is about. Find Seabody on Instagram or at seabody.com to discover their innovative products. Hello and welcome to Tech Powered Luxury, your weekly podcast dedicated to the intersection of luxury and technology in all of its shapes and forms. The goal of each of these episodes is to bring international and actionable insights to people passionate about the luxury and tech industries. And I'm your host, Ashley McDonnell. For today's episode of Tech Powered Luxury, we have Florence-based Danilo Venturi. Danilo is a pillar within the fashion education ecosystem, and I'm sure many of you listening today will have either been taught by him, have read his book Brand Persona, or have even met him in the corridors of Polimoda or IED Florence, the Instituto Europeo di Design, of which he is now director. From studying politics to DJing and eventually falling in love with the world of fashion, Danilo then returned to education and eventually academics without ever losing grasp of the reality of the worlds of art, business, technology, fashion and luxury. I know that we're going to have an incredibly thought-provoking conversation today because Danilo is one of the greatest thinkers and communicators that I have ever met in the industry. Danilo, welcome. I am so excited to have you on the podcast today to talk about your incredible history within everything to do with luxury, with fashion, also technology. You are a pillar of what I would see as the educational ecosystem within fashion, not just in Italy, but on an international level. That's how we first connected uh, through your previous role as director of Polymoda. So thank you for your time. And I wanted to kick off by asking, who are you and what led you to where you are today? Okay, um, I'm a weirdo. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we're starting like this. (laughs) In terms of career, for sure. I mean, as person, maybe not, but in my career, it's quite crazy because I started studying politics and then I remember uh, my final essay was interesting. So my professor asked me to stay in school as a researcher and said, nope, I'm not staying because the salary I have in one evening spinning music in clubs is much higher than one month at the university. So in the end, I started working in music, which is, which was my passion. And I worked for radio stations, also at national level, in clubs. I recorded music. And through music, I entered fashion because I was director of a radio station that doesn't exist anymore, unluckily. It's called Fashion FM. And through the radio station, we started uh, producing content for fashion brands like catwalks, uh, music for the shops and CDs. And one of them was La Perla. Mm -hmm. So then La Perla told me, why don't you work for us? Like special merchandising means for them to create objects that are not related to the core business and maybe organizing events around that and maybe creating an audience that goes beyond the audience they have already passing through music, for example. And I said, yeah, why not? And when I entered the company, they told me quite clearly 
that, uh, okay, fine, you're good, you're working well, but for the rest of the management, you're just a DJ. So, <laughs> I love it, the DJ at La Perla. <laughs> yeah, so they told, go and attend a master course in luxury management. And I went to Polymoda and I attended my master. And so then when I finished the master, I was hired uh, at La Perla and I started working again for them. And it was quite interesting because uh, those years were in the beginning of the zeros. Uh, so it was the, you know, the time of pioneering e-commerce. Yeah. And I think La Perla was the only big brand with a e-commerce by their own. Beside us, uh, there was Yux uh, mm-hmm. headquarters. But a retailer, so yeah. it's, it's not a brand at the end of the day. And brands were so late to adopt that direct-to-consumer approach that now they're all fighting <laughs> yeah. to master. Yeah, and so um, it was quite, quite interesting to see the dynamics and also in terms of marketing and communication, how everything was changing quickly. Because you know very well that the technology is quick and uh, if you follow that if you use that also your marketing your way of communicating is changing and so that was a very nice experience that was matched also with another idea that brand had which was to have a communication office I mean more than an office it was a real agency in-house Mm-hmm. So at that point, we were shooting for Vogue and organizing events. We brought La Perla to Pret-a-Porter, uh, I mean, to fashion shows in Milan to make it, you know, more a lifestyle brand, more than uh, just underwear. And it was very interesting, very nice until the point, well, at a certain point, they sold the company and the old management just left and uh, I left with them. Yeah. I mean, at a certain point, uh, when I left La Perla, I also had a, an offer from Polimoda so, to come back as a teacher. You went full circle. Finally, you went <laughs> back to a school to teach. <laughs> exactly. So you see how strange is the world. You know, you escape uh, your destiny and then your destiny knocks the door again in your life. And so I went back teaching, I taught for them for five years. One year I started with the international uh, business uh, department that was not existing there. And then uh, when Linda Lopa, who was my mentor at that time, left, uh, she was the former dean, I became the dean. So I have been the dean from 2015 to 2001. I'm almost done. <laughs> and then in 2021, I left and I spent some time in Miami. Um, and when I came back to Florence, it was because I was appointed as a director of VIED, which is Instituto Europeo di Design. So again, in school, back to school. Fantastic. So you went on this, I think, a very rich journey from music which is so integral to not just the fashion industry, but also the creative industries. Musicians are everywhere. They feed our souls. They give us inspiration. 
so many collections and beautiful designs around the world have been inspired directly by music and the music we're exposed to in those moments as well. Mm. So I, I love to see people coming from the music industry into fashion. I saw it with uh, my former leader, I guess you could say, when I worked at LVMH, Ian Rogers, came from the music industry, came from Beats, which you're wearing mm. right now, actually. And the insight and knowledge and creativity that he brought to fashion, it just made sense. It fits. And then back to education, which is why we're here. Actually, Tech Powered Luxury, it is truly an educational platform. And we inspire to, or aspire, I should say, to bring free educational content to people who are interested in having careers like yours because they're incredibly aspirational, <laughs> working for these big institutions, beautiful brands, and you sharing your story. I think a lot of listeners maybe will have had you as a professor or even joined Polymoda because of you, seen you in the hallways. And now we're going to talk a little bit more about IED. Mm -hmm. uh, so in English, it's the European Institute of Design. And I would love to know what's happening there. What are you bringing to the table and what are the big challenges ahead of you for shaking up the way that this school functions? YED, as we say it in Italian, <laughs> Istituto Europeo di Design is um, a way for me uh, to work for sure as a director, as you know, I used to be before also in Polymoda, but it's also a way to learn. I mean, when you teach, you also learn, especially because YED is very, very different from Polymoda, uh, even though it's looking like similar, you know, it's the same bunch of schools that more or less in the general perception are doing the same thing, but it's not because fashion in YED is only one portion of the whole thing. You also have art courses and you have design. So interior design, for example, or objects and design objects and also communication, visual, especially communication. So it's, it's very interesting and I think it has a lot of potential because going back to fashion, uh, I think we are living a moment of change. You know, when you see a sequence of pandemic war, economic crisis, history is telling that uh, the world is changing. We had it before, you know, uh, in the beginning of the previous century it happened the same and then we had a completely different uh, story and, or history. And so in the moment of change, you need to mix elements, you need to come up with new ideas. And for doing that, you need to be multidisciplinary. I mean, you need to match uh, art with fashion, not just as a reference, but because you study them together. So it's a, you know, it's a mindset. It's a way of thinking to, to fashion. So I don't want to respond to your final question, <laughs> but, but I already have the answer. Um, also, you know, thinking to technology again and... Uh, the further evolution it's having, I think to be creative and to be really, really creative, like inventing something new uh, is, is fundamental now. Uh, because if we don't do it, we lose an occasion, which is change. And fashion is about change. So we should explore this moment. Absolutely. One of the things that struck me about your way of leading Polymoda at the time, which is where we first met, was your mission to bring people from industry 
inside the school to talk to students and show them the reality of what actually is happening within these businesses today. Because fashion is a business, actually. If you don't have business people in the fashion houses, it's going to be hard for them to survive and to strive. Could you talk a little bit about how you now are bringing that to YED, IED? How do you make sure that these students who are studying, whether it's art or fashion, still have a connection to the industry and that they leave not just with the creative skills, but also understanding how they can survive out in the, the real world? Mm, yeah, I think fashion is definitely a business. I'm always asked, uh, is fashion business or art? Well, if you read the history of um the great uh, um, people and artists of Renaissance, which are quite spread here in Florence, you know, like Raffaello, Donatello, all of them, uh, they were spending more time in raising funds than doing art itself. So well, uh, the point is, as you said, you need to live. And in order to live, uh, you need to be in contact with people. And the people you need is... Uh, the people who are owning the means of production mm -hmm. or the brands. And, you know, also you have to bring them in school because um, the mentality that you have in school while you're studying and what is the real life outside is quite different. So if you get a, a glimpse of what the world outside is, even before studying, you know, going there and you're still studying, it's... It's a plus that you can have. So, yeah, that was my mission at that time, and it's still my mission. But I think uh, um, the way of doing it is quite different because at that time we were before pandemics yeah. and it was quite easy to travel and the world was global, which is not any longer. Mm -hmm. um, then if you want, we also talk about that. But um, I think now it's more online. It's all happening online. Of course, we have moments Uh, where we gather all together, like, for example, during Pitti. Pitti Uomo here mm -hmm. is quite important in Florence. So at that point, all the people we know and we meet and also students meet, we, we bring them all here at that time, at the, in that moment, because it's, it's a good moment to gather. But normally people now uh, prefer to give their opinions and their contribution online. Yeah. Uh, and this is, you know, it's making the difference also for um, for this generation. And this is another thing that has changed. I mean, we are not only after a pandemic and in a non-global world <laughs> today, but also with a different generation of students who are Gen Z and they are the real mm, digital natives. So mm, for them... Uh, meeting someone online is very 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 normal yeah and it doesn't you know you don't you don't have less effect less passion and less learning just because it's online it's okay. fine I'm yeah. actually very interested in hearing that from you so personally one of my favorite fashion moments of my career so far was actually when I went to Florence. So I went with mm -hmm. my best friend, Akash, and we gave our guest lecture at Polymoda. <laughs> it was such an amazing moment for us to connect with those people in that room. And I stayed on in Florence and I got to visit uh, the Palazzo Pucci. So it was actually Polymoda that organized that for me and getting to go in there, see this beautiful palace and discover all of the archival pieces from Pucci. I think nothing could replace that for me, that in-person interaction, being there, seeing the textiles of the colors in front of me. And I wanted to ask, do you think that 
this hyper digitalization is going to impact creativity with this generation? I tell you, are you sure you want to know? I would love to. I think everyone listening wants to know because it is, I mean, it's hard to predict, but I feel like you have an opinion on it. So I want to hear it. Pucci is the new headquarters of Yet. Wow. Yes. So these are our new headquarters and especially for fashion design. I think that is very important yeah. because that building is exactly where Emilio Pucci was creating. Yeah. So our it's students so inspirational. are inspirational. Yeah. You can't go in there and not be inspired and just struck by the color, the you, patterns, everything. It's incredible. You can see only good things there, you know. Yeah. And if you see good things, you create good things. We're products of our environment. Yeah, and also, you know, the, the the fact that Emilio Pucci in person was creating in the room where our students are going to make fashion, you know, fashion design. So I think this is a way to add also an emotional element that we are missing in fashion since long. I mean, at least since 30 years. I think that is very important. So if you take this primitive feeling, which is passion, which is inspiration, uh, which we humans have, luckily, uh, but we sometimes forget about that. And you mix it with the technological instruments we have available today, only, you know, great things can come out. But if you miss one of the two, then maybe not. Okay. So that is the answer. So we need to have that balance. And it sounds like you're finding that balance at Adied by bringing the students into actually the heart of creativity. You've got the history in there. I, I will never forget those archives. Actually, when this episode goes live, I'll be resharing on Instagram all the photos and videos <laughs> I took there because it was such an amazing day for me. And it was about a month before the whole world shut down with the pandemic. So it was also one of the last uh, big, I would say, fashion trips that I that I had before everything yeah. changed. So, yeah, I think if the question is about technology, uh, I would say technology has a life itself. We can only adopt it and use it. And we use it together with the opposite of it which is the physical place and the emotion. Tech Powered Luxury sponsor Seabody uses state-of-the-art blue biotechnologies and marine biodiscovery. Seabody includes the most potent and closest to nature molecules in their ranges of skincare and supplements. You can discover more about Seabody on Instagram or at seabody.com. I know that a lot of people listening to the podcast are looking to pivot so they maybe don't work in luxury and tech today. Maybe they work in tech, but in a different industry. And they want to know how they can move into the very aspirational industry of fashion. What's the piece of advice that you would give to people that perhaps have already been working for a few years and have had a different educational path to pivot into the space of fashion? Mm, well, I think uh, there are uh, a couple of innovations that you might have, uh, maybe even three uh, in fashion in the next days or years. And the first is in production, and it's about sustainability. Sustainability passes through technology and innovation. Uh, it's not only about big machines, which I saw, for example, visiting the hub of production of Gucci. Um, I saw it there very clearly. They innovated so much because they put... Uh, new machines that are controlling the quality and the sustainability of the materials with artisans working right beside these great machines. It's not only about that, but 
try to think also to the information technology that can be introduced in the production and in the logistics. So I think this is one aspect. The second aspect can be related to communication. And in this case, I would say artificial intelligence plays a big role because how is it changing the way we are writing or the way we are expressing ourselves outside or the way uh, also fashion journalism can change or, you know, copywriting, the way you describe products and so on. And this is going to be extended, if not yet, to um, visuals. So if you have chat GTP, you also have DALI already, working and some people are already using it for rethinking the graphics of a brand, for example. So this is another way. And then there's a blockchain. So this is another aspect which is very, very important if you want real traceability, uh, which is part of sustainability, actually. So, yeah. So I think these three aspects are the main ones. I love that. Sustainability and technology, they go hand in hand everything to do with artificial intelligence. Like you just said, actually, as soon as you mentioned copywriting, chat GPT, you can use it to go and create the most innovative and also effective product descriptions and beyond writing articles. And then lastly, blockchain. And that brings me into my next question for you, which is all about Web3. And where do you see especially fashion going when it comes to its interaction with Web3, specifically the metaverse, because I think that experiential aspect of fashion is probably the first one that we're going to see visually um, be impacted. Uh, for sure, uh, from the point of view of the consumer, that would be a, another possibility to experience the brand and the product or even the process of production. Because, you know, uh, here in Florence, we have around the city all productions of carrying, uh, VMH, or some dependent brands like uh, Valentino or uh, Burberry. And we have access to that, but in general, people don't. So if a brand wants to explain how it works and they want to show their environments, I mean, these environments don't look like factories. They look like atelier, mm. you know, and they are very important for a brand to explain what is the process of production, especially in luxury. That is very important because you need to understand the added value if you want to spend more for a product that, you know, you might find cheaper in a cheaper version without that logo. It's not just the logo. It's the whole process of production and what, it, 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 you know, it brings with and and if you want to show that and you don't just want to publish something as a video or just talking about that but you want people real visualizing it well that could be the way and uh, you know also from the retail point of view that could be another innovation mm, but that is not interesting to me. No? Well, <laughs> I don't know why. It's educational. Uh, I think, you know, yeah. I really like that idea of having these ateliers of the metaverse actually being able to show people, educate them as well, bring them inside these ateliers. It's very limited how many people you can bring into a real atelier, not just because they're only in a few places, but 
you can't just have, you know, it's not a museum. They're functioning. They're, they're but that's why it's not interesting to me because I saw the atelier physically. So I can understand why many people might like that. Yeah. Uh, but also try to think how the cinema and the cinema industry is, uh, is changing. And I mentioned in cinema because before we talked about music, but also cinema is strictly linked to fashion. Absolutely. And to luxury, if you think, you know, to... Uh, red carpet events, then cinema becomes luxury, you know. Um, so there is a lot of potential there and we should experiment as much as possible because, as I said before, we are creating the future right now. So let's do it. Absolutely. When it comes to education today for students in EAD specifically, and if we look at the fashion programs, what is the biggest technological shift that you've seen compared to in the classroom 10 years ago in terms of their education? Hands. <laughs> As in they're using their hands now or they're not using them at all? No, you use them. Okay. You use them even more than before. Like, you know, we have all what we need to have, like machines and computers of every kind. And uh, we use already everything, like 3D, everything. We have everything. But what really makes the difference is hands. So uh, it's the same when we mentioned before artificial intelligence for writing. I was talking to a friend, copywriter, actually, and she said, I'm I'm losing my job now. And I said, no, you're going to have it even more because you can work faster. But at the same time, that artificial intelligence doesn't have the human touch. Exactly. And the difference will be made by your ideas more than the way you're writing. Mm-hmm. So, because the way you're writing is supplied now by the artificial intelligence, but the ideas and the organization of, and you know, for fashion is the same. We have all possible technologies, even we are even using 3D uh, and, you know, the mask where you can see that kind of movie and so on. But in the end, what really makes the difference is if you have a concept and if you are able to realize it, then whatever technology you use, that's fine for me. I really like that concept. So technology, it's enabling the creative industries maybe to have more scale, more efficiencies, but creativity actually will be more important than ever because that's what's going to set you apart. Somehow technology is like the future helping the past to exist. Yeah, and I saw that with Pucci as well, the digitalization of their archives. Yeah. The brand can live in new and different ways now, but using the past and propelling it into the future with technology. Yeah, exactly that. A lot of food for thought there, Daniela. I feel like I could ask you any question in the world to do with fashion and you would inspire me with your answer, which is incredible. And I know anyone listening to this is, is going to have a, a lot to take away as well. So I guess now if we look at the future and what's coming up for the industry, you know, we're going into times of economic crisis. We know a lot of people are worried. Even like you said, your copywriter friend worried that AI is going to take away her job. What do you think will be the most important for success within the fashion industry in the next years? Ideas. Um, I think the fashion industry has lived a moment after the millennium, like 30 years of um, standardization, which was also fine in some moments because gave more possibility to a bigger number of people to wear fashion and to be also aware of fashion. Let's say more democratic between brackets. 
But now I think that process uh, is um, over. And I think uh, it's time to go back to ideas. And I still have in mind, you know, the fashion shows of Alexander McQueen, mm. which were impressive and like emotional. At a certain point, you felt like overwhelmed in a positive way. I mean, mm -hmm. that kind of fashion that is very researched in the concept and the way you do it and you use your hands, but, you know, then you also exploit the technology to display it. And it's amazing. It's something that you say, wow. Yeah. Okay. Wow. That wow is what we need. And I think that is the future because now we said, okay, so okay means, okay, I can get it. Okay, yeah. I can wear it. Okay, and I can exchange it. Okay, I can do it. Okay, and I can buy it. But wow, where is wow? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if it's not wow, then it's clothing. It's not fashion. Oh, I like that. And actually, you have just uh, triggered a little memory in my mind here, a very recent one of a wow moment that I saw at the Coperni show with Bella Hadid wearing this dress that was created mm -hmm. out of basically spray paint. I think we need more moments like that. And that's why mm -hmm. the world was so taken by that moment because we hadn't seen it in so long. Yeah. And considering the spirit of time is what we're living now, as you said, now this sequence of war, economic problems and post-pandemic effects also, this kind of tipping points are changing the world always in more than one direction. But even if you have one direction, that would be containing its own opposite. So, for example, if we have a technological advancement, people will look for vintage. Yeah. And, then, <laughs> and they will mix it together, you know. Yeah. And so if you look to social phenomena like the great resignation that you have in the USA. Mm -hmm. So people are uh, resigning from their jobs uh, or maybe they lose their jobs. But this is also a great occasion to go back to yourself, to know who you are, what you want, and also studying. So, for example, studying is, um, is now continuous you don't study for a while and then you go to work and, and then you get retired. You always have a mix of study and a mix of uh, work and upgrade. And somehow also this is sustainable because you upcycle yourself. Reinvention. Yeah, you reinvent yourself. And so also in fashion, when you ask me uh, what is next, I think also fashion will contain a lot more of education, especially in the luxury, because to know and to appreciate luxury, you need to understand how it's made, what is behind the history, the heritage, and this is knowledge. And to have knowledge, you need education. Mm -hmm. I mean, I expect that at a certain point, um, in the same way brands started communicating by themselves without media, I think brands in the future will start educating. On that note, you as an academic and as a thought leader within the industry and also an expert on everything to do with the theory of luxury, I know exclusivity and rarity is at the core of that. However, today we see major 
global fashion brands. You, we can't call them exclusive anymore because they're so big. Do you think that this is going to make space for new independent niche uh, designers to also be able to enter this space? Well, um, the concepts, the name of the concept is the same. What the concept contains is different. When you say exclusivity, for example... Um, I remember an experience I had. I used to go to St. Hotel every year in Sardinia many years ago. And uh, the barman was my medium. Like the one telling me everything about everybody. And <laughs> <laughs> yes. And he said, you know that couple there, um, last year they wanted to, to show off by having the best room which is the one on top of the bar and dominating the entire hotel and so on. And this year, uh, they wanted the room that is far from the hotel. And to reach that, you need to pass through a little bush so you don't even see it. Okay. So the concept there is the same. It's exclusivity yeah. uh, or even prestige. Mm -hmm. But what it contains is right, the opposite. So I think today... Also, the concept of exclusivity has changed a lot, which doesn't mean that you can have what other people cannot have. But maybe what you can have is yourself, freedom of choice, freedom of thinking, freedom in general. Freedom is exclusivity today. Because if you see the mass of people resigning again, we go to the great resignation It's because they, after COVID, they realized that the life in companies sometimes is kind of slavery. Can we say that? If you don't have freedom of time or thought. Or uh, yeah, you mm. sell your time, so you're not free anymore, no? So, yeah, at, so at that point, freedom means uh, having your time, owning your time and spending it and maybe doing your business. I mean, not doing your business that you do what you want only in free time but what you want as a business and I think in fashion it's working a bit the same you know uh, exclusivity doesn't mean that only few people can enter a shop exclusivity means that you understand what the shop is selling and telling and you know including as a concept or what people they are involving and which technology they are introducing. So that is exclusive because you had the time to understand, to learn and to participate to that. So in the end, the new exclusivity is inclusivity. I think a lot of people will be happy to hear that because <laughs> it, I find there are many paradoxes right now. So luxury and technology, right? Completely opposing. One is about democratization, like technology, many things are free. It's about speed, inclusivity, luxury, It's the opposite in many ways. And now we're in a world where it's hypersensitive. We need to have more inclusivity and representation. And the luxury industry is also being held accountable for that. So if it means a more inclusive industry, I think it's, it's something that's fantastic. I think it has to be. For the new generations, that is given. Who is in their 20s now, then they don't even think about it. Yeah. It's for granted. Absolutely. Danilo, if we look at you and what you're doing right now, I know you always have many exciting projects. Um, I would love to know what's next for you. I just wrote a book, which is Brand Persona, actually with the foreword of Marco Bizzari, the CEO of Gucci. And I'm already thinking to the new one. So what is next is another book. 
for sure. And then in the future with school also, I would like to produce more content. And for me, content that now is a priority, is a necessity, even physical, like I need to do it. That's also why I thank you so much for this podcast and for my participation, because we need to talk, you know. Absolutely. And yeah. for me, that's one of the benefits of technology today. It's been able to have conversations like this and for anyone to be able to listen and to learn and to take action. Because what you're sharing here today, a lot of it is things that people can go and make decisions based off and maybe it will change the path of their own education, their own careers, how they interact with the industry, which is amazing. Mm. Thank you so much. No, thank you. I mean, I know how precious your time is writing one book already on the second one. So I guess I would like to ask you as well, look, you've seen it all in the industry. You have had people within your schools to go on and lead the biggest luxury brands in the world, to create their own houses, their own concepts. Like you said, you have incredible people involved now at YED and bringing this next generation of creatives into the market. What would you say is the one skill that people should really look at today and make sure that they develop? a tough one <laughs> no that is the answer nothing <laughs> <laughs> no it's not nothing what happens when you have silence what happens in your head you think you dream you feel that is the skill we forgot it I know that it's um, I know that it might sound rhetorical and uh, well, that maybe the answer had to be, I don't know, you need to to work very well with 3D or you need to, I don't know, <laughs> you know, something technical. But we have technical stuff. It's going more and more to work by itself. So that is not going to be a real skill because the, you know, the, the technology is already skilled by itself. So what you need is uh, a kind of intelligence, a kind of emotional intelligence, like feeling, dreaming, being able to, to make it, you know, to make it happen. But feeling and dreaming is what we need. I think we have the luxury of that in, in creative industries. Mm -hmm. That's at the core. If we don't have that, mm -hmm. what would exist? And also, I would say reading is another skill, which is ridiculous because... When I was a child, reading was, when you are five years old, you start reading, right? But if you see people today, do they read? Mm, almost nothing. Like maybe titles, a picture, Quick articles, some emojis. Yeah. Captions, if even. Yeah, that's it, you know? So that is another luxury. Do we have time and the skills for reading? Because, you know, one thing is just reading and one thing is reading, taking notes, understanding uh, you know, explaining to yourself and to others and to make something out of what you read. So, yeah, this is another skill. Absolutely. Danilo, thank you so much. Uh, for anyone who's listening, if you want to follow more about Danilo, you can actually follow him on LinkedIn, of course. So Danilo Venturi, or you can read his book. As you said, that's a skill we all need to work on today. So brand persona. And hopefully we'll be seeing a second book coming out very soon. Danilo, thank you so much. 
you are such a critical thinker and a deep thinker. And we could probably do 10 hours of podcasting about all of the different <laughs> concepts that we've discussed today. But hopefully this is just the first of a series of many. Come to Florence. I can't wait to come back and I'll go back to Pucci for sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Ciao. Thanks to you. Thank you for listening to Tech Powered Luxury, your weekly podcast on all things luxury and tech. If you have enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe and follow Tech Powered Luxury on Instagram, TikTok, Snap, Twitter, LinkedIn, or sign up to our weekly newsletter. Tech Powered Luxury is proud to partner with GladCloud, the platform that is powering our media campaigns through its collaborative social media marketing platform, which is perhaps how you have discovered the podcast today. We'd love to hear from you if you have any ideas, questions, or would like to join us as a guest. 